Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. All right. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Paige Easter, and I'm here with my husband, Ben. And today we're talking about a really great topic, people pleasing. So people in my sphere have been bringing this topic up lately, kind of thinking through Being able to make decisions and noticing themselves not make decisions from a place of their center, but kind of leaning on what other people think and making decisions and then not feeling very good about afterwards. Yeah, and a lot of times people people will be talking about better boundaries. I I need better boundaries or um, Mm -hmm. um, they'll just you know, they'll feel like they should be doing things a lot. This is, a, this is one mm-hmm. of the clues that this is something that you might be dealing with is that there's, you feel like there's a lot of things that you should be doing or that you have mm-hmm. to do. Um, there's that like sense of obligation or burden mm-hmm. um, that I think that comes up a lot. That's yeah. uh, really related to this people pleasing thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this conversation is really about the freedom of noticing when we're engaging in kind of a people-pleasing way and being able to develop our own personal process for moving beyond that and coming back to our own center, our own personal desires. And because I think a lot of people don't even notice when they're like, when they're in the moment that they're making a decision kind of contingent on what other people think or how they think the world expects them to be. Yeah, I think also it, it becomes such a, such a habitual way of acting that mm-hmm. it, it's just the default mode. There's not even any question of whether or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I want to just like highlight and underscore the thing that you said. It's about coming back to your center. So I think that's what what we're really talking about is how do we be on our center? How do we how do we live on our center mm-hmm. all the time? And mm-hmm. that's what, for me, that's what freedom is. That's the whole reason for this podcast in the first place is to help people shift into freedom, which to me, freedom and authenticity are different words for the same concept, essentially. Yeah. Like, how do you be you, the fullness mm-hmm. of you in every situation, all the time, 
everywhere you go. That doesn't mean, and this is, I think something that like kind of gets in the way of this is like, that doesn't mean that you're being an asshole to people. It doesn't mean that you're, you're being rude or, you know, disregarding their feelings or yeah, exactly. Unless those things are your center, right? Like if that is Mm -hmm. who you want to be in the world, then that is. But if that's the kind of person that you want to be in the world, I don't think this is the podcast for you. You can go ahead and get (laughs) out of here. (laughs) If you yeah, you, you do you. I just would rather mm-hmm. you not be like, you know, benefiting from this podcast if that's the kind of person that you are. Um, but for most people, that's not actually the case. And actually, for for most for most people who even have this as a concern in your reality, it is so far the pendulum is so far the other side of that that we probably could swing back the other way and be a little bit more. I'm not going to say be assholeish, but be a little bit. more like for me, the word is actually like selfish. Like I want I want to reclaim that word selfish. Mm-hmm. Because you know, selfish has this really bad connotation Mm -hmm. uh, in our, in our culture. And I don't think that that is, I I don't think that that is useful for us because it's almost Mm -hmm. like we we have a a culture where we like sort of prioritize and honor and give homage to the martyr, Uh, you know, like, you know, Jesus is one of the biggest figures in our world. And, and one of his biggest claims to fame is that he like sort of gave himself on the cross to die for your sins, so to speak. And that we enshrine that, that concept. And I think that that is just like really that suffering saint is just a really, um, I think it's, it's not only that it's, um, not that useful. I think it is actively harmful to Mm -hmm. not just the individual who is the martyr, but to the world who is sort of giving homage to the martyr as well. So Mm -hmm. because the underlying message is that in order for us to be valuable, we have to give up something of ourselves. That we don't, maybe we don't necessarily want to or or something. What do you think about that? Yeah, that the underlying, that the the path to being a valuable human, what it means to be quote unquote good and that word, good, (laughs) we we use that word and we think that it applies, that everybody understands what it means, but everybody Mm -hmm. has their own definition of what good means. All good means is it's in a values alignment for us. Mm -hmm. And, but we have, we make this assumption that what it means to be a good person is to not just not just act for other people, but to sacrifice oneself for the sake of other people Mm -hmm. and that other people are more important than we are. And that is, that is a a thought that is governed by the philosophy of death and it is counterproductive. It is Mm anti-life. And I'm now taking a real strong stance here, but (laughs) challenge me, have a conversation with me. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a good point Um, or kind of a stopping point to just if there's something in this podcast that you don't agree with, please reach out and let us know because Ben loves to be challenged. She loves a good like intellectual sparring conversation. Yeah. And I'm also super open minded to it. This is just for me. This Mm -hmm. is like the the thinking that I've done around this and I'll make the case here today. But the thinking that I've done around this is just, you know, it's what I've come to. I really I can I can make an argument that it is really not that useful for us to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of others. I mean, you can just, you, you can imagine there's this, there's this uh, concept in Buddhism of Bodhisattva. And um, I love thinking about this. So the Bodhisattva, I love it too, yeah. the Bodhisattva vow is essentially you say, you know, because enlightenment is getting out of all suffering. It's basically transcending the, the wheel of Dharma and you, you attain Nirvana, which means you, you get out of all, all suffering. So this is the philosophy. And what the Bodhisattva vow is, is that I, I vow that I will not attain enlightenment until every other being 
in the universe has attained enlightenment and then I will cross into enlightenment. So it's like, it's, and you can hear that's a very selfless, like listen to Mm -hmm. the kind hearted motivation of that. Right. But all it takes is two bodhisattvas standing at the door of Nirvana going, no, you first, no, you first, no, (laughs) you first to keep the cycle of suffering going forever. (laughs) Yeah. And that's how, I mean, like that's to me, that is like, that is the essence of this challenge that we're talking about today is that yeah. we, we cannot have self-sacrifice be the path to uh, mm-hmm. enlightenment. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It literally just yeah. practically doesn't work. Yeah. In that scenario, there's two people who are wanting to do a kind thing. And because both of them are committed to doing the kind thing, neither one of them gets the experience of having the kindness contributed to the other's reality. Exactly. And also yeah. because of that, they are literally directly stopping each other from attaining yeah. the <laughs> right? They're actually, they're actually creating a practical obstacle to each other mm-hmm. to, to attaining nirvana. And so that yeah. is like, that is the reason why this is a topic that I spend so much time thinking about. And I think it's so mm-hmm. useful for people to reframe in our own, in our own yeah. minds to just like get, get this, get over mm-hmm. this thing uh, and yeah. start to live from your own center. Yeah. I love thinking about, um, part of people pleasing or an antidote to people pleasing being just the willingness to allow other people to contribute to our reality, the willingness to receive and not feel like, because I think there's also like, um, in our culture, a kind of like responsibility, like I have to do it on my own. Otherwise I haven't done it and I don't get to like earn the I guess like the acclaim for having yeah, completed it if I accept help or, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely related topics um, and willingness to receive being a thing. I think also there's like, there is, you know, this kind and, and it becomes, this becomes a noble distraction because it's so, it, it's so kind. That's the thing. It's like, we all agree that kindness is nice Right. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's, mm-hmm. and I'm not arguing that and you're not arguing that no, no, no. because, because like kindness becomes the reason for this action. It like, it distracts from this other thing. So it's like, oh, well, you know, I just am a kind person and I do things for other people. And I'm very, and, which is funny because there is like a certain amount of ego to that kindness that I think some, sometimes happens, which is like, oh, I'm such a good person that I, you know, do for other people. And I like, you know, and that's mm-hmm. it's really, it's like this really ironic thing, I think. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But the other side of this is that like this thing that's very kind, what's happening is it's, it's distracting us from another challenge, which is like, I think at its heart is something like worthiness. Like that is my word for this thing. It's like truly at its heart is worthiness like in other words i am worthy of walking through the door of nirvana mm. right i am worthy to do it yeah me and 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 i think people get really confused because there's this like this idea of the ego and there's something about like you know overly identifying and attaching to the sense of self and but i do think that there is a like a higher version of a sense of self which is just like you're the main character. You're here. Everything's here for you. And you get to play the game exactly the way that you want to play the game. And that's what you're, you're here to do. And I I think there's a very, like, there's a very, I think there's a very noble way of approaching being in your center. Right. 
And, you know, if you, because if you, again, if you like other people and if you want other people to have great experiences in the world, first question to ask yourself is, do you think that that's in conflict with you having a good experience with the world? Can, can't we, mm. bo- can we have both? I mean, can't both things exist in the world? And if you're nodding along and you're saying, yeah, I guess both things could exist. Cool. Then why are we sacrificing ourselves for the sake of other people? Can't we make win-win situations rather than a win-lose situation? Here, you go first. Mm-hmm. No, you go first. No, you go first. Right? And it's like, well, why don't we just both walk through the fucking door? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> what a, what a, to me, that's like, what a silly, you know, con, you know, question, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I think it might be worth kind of zooming back a little bit and just thinking through what does people pleasing look like? Like, how do you see it happening in the world around you? And what do you think is kind of the kind of underlying thinking or cause behind this tendency of behavior? Mm-hmm. My, I think the easiest way, one to recognize that people will be familiar with is just saying yes to things that you afterwards mm-hmm. she hasn't said yes to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that for sure. And then later on you're like, why did I say yes to that? <laughs> now we have, cause now we have, a, now we have this conflict that's happening where between uh, what we maybe really want, actually truly want in the situation and our like integrity or, you know, the, the doing of what we said we were going to do or our accountability mm-hmm. and all that. And I think that's, that is how to use that word resourcefully accountability is like, cause you said you were going to do some things and then there was an accounting. Did we do the things that we said we were going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer integrity as a, as a concept in general. I think it's a little bit more useful. And that's just like, are you a whole person? Is your word mm-hmm. a whole your action? Yeah. Right? That, Does the version that I believe myself to be match the version that I am being or the version that I want to be? Like, are those yeah. is, the and same? Who, who have I, who have, is who I've decided to be. Mm-hmm. The me yeah. that is showing up in the world. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so that's like, to, so that's one of the things is that we, we say yes to things and then we later on, we kind of regret them. Um, but, but the, the other one is like giving up your power to other people or to like, say, um, deferring to other people in experiences. Like, well, what do you think? Like, you mm. know, and, and again, this is, I think this is one of the most obvious ones that bring, that comes back to like sort of a, a core level insecurity is like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, well, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And it's like, well, what do you think we should have for dinner tonight? Right. And then, and then that, I'm that, laughing because of how many times we've had that conversation and how it has taken me a really long time to learn to just say what I want. And that right. when I do that, like, then you, Ben, get the opportunity to contribute to my reality and no, you first. And, no, you right? first. And it, and it's, like, <laughs> it's just not it's as like, fun. Yeah. And it's like, we can, we can have both. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, and then I can say, mm, actually, that doesn't sound good to me tonight. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes I might, when, when it's like, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? I might be saying like, I don't actually like, I don't have any strong preferences. Nothing's like mm-hmm. jumping out at me. Like, do you have any ideas about what we might have for dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. And then you say something and I might say, mm, actually, yeah, that sounds really good. Or mm, actually, what about this really, instead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or that just sparked my mind, you know? So now we're engaging exactly. in the conversation and you can see that yeah. that then becomes a creative process. Yeah. Right. Whereas if nobody says anything, cause they don't want to say the wrong thing or you don't want to like disappoint mm-hmm. the other person or you don't want to like, 
right? And now look, we're valuing the other person's experience more than we're valuing our own. Yeah. And I think that's one of the ways that this thing shows up. In totally. The I don't want to say Thai food because I don't want you to feel obligated to go out to Thai food with me because if you said Thai food and I didn't want Thai food, I would have to do it because I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> and I'm not going to say no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can see that in such a simple example, you can see that we're really denying ourselves this opportunity for a an, an evolution of our relationship mm-hmm. or an evolution yeah. of even like what we're going to have for dinner tonight that can happen when we start to have the conversation from a place of two people being on their center and actually mm-hmm. saying yes to the things that they want to say yes to or no to the things that they don't want to say yet. Uh, yeah, yes to. totally. Because I think sometimes we get in the habit of there are forces in the world that are acting upon us and I'm just, my job is to grin and bear it. Yeah. 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 Really common. I mean, that's, you know, I think more in women than men, but we all have that experience. But I, I, I have heard that experience expressed from a lot Mm -hmm. of women like, Oh, like, no, my job is to just kind of like grin and bear it. And and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's for all of us, but I think it is it is a tendency to like be on the lookout for and ask yourself, because first we want to philosophically agree with this concept if, mm-hmm. we're gonna, if it's going to be useful in the world. First, you want to like, do you believe the thing that I'm saying? And if you if you don't, why? Why not? What What do you think is gained from people pleasing that you mm-hmm. wouldn't? you know, that you wouldn't gain from standing in your own center. And I think, I think mm-hmm. that there the answer answers that come to that. And maybe you can help to illuminate more of these, but you know, some is like, there's a scarcity of people mm. or there's a scarcity of opportunities. Yeah. Yep. If, if I don't, if I don't get this one, if this one doesn't work, there won't be mm-hmm. any. Other, yeah. Right. And I yep, think that's totally. the reason that we kind of bend and bow and. and yeah. So, yeah. I think it's just kind of a game that we play to try to be, acceptable to other people and I think the antidote yeah and I think the antidote for that is to accept ourselves as we are and invest in the belief that I'm whole complete resourceful perfect the way I am and all of my flaws and it's okay and it's okay to make a mistake and there's opportunity for repair and each time something doesn't go the way I want it to I can I have the problem solving skills to figure out how to do it differently next time. Yeah. yeah I think that that's been like me or not like me and either of and those that, is yeah. okay. Right. Totally. And this is why it's, it, yeah. like, like, there's like a scarcity piece that comes into it too. Yeah, totally. Right. Because you know, there, there's a sense that like, well, Oh, well, if, the, but if this person doesn't like me, it doesn't find me acceptable the way that I am, then I'll, there won't be any other people. And that is a trap because what happens is, it, and, and this is what one of the big dangers I think about people pleasing is that if you navigate your world, trying to please other people around you and not be your authentic self, what happens is you are optimizing for a world where you don't, aren't your op- authentic self. And so like mm-hmm. all of the people around you, it, like then think about all the relationships are then dependent on you showing up in a way that is not your authentic self. So we're like holding all those mm-hmm. threads together. First of all, that sounds like a lot of work. Okay. Yeah. So like remember who you're supposed to be in every sin- single interaction with other people, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that feels like a lo- an awful lot of work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? But then the other thing is like, you're never your authentic self. And so mm-hmm. we're never even giving people the opportunity to like or not like. And so all of the people that will be drawn to you will necessarily be people that are not attracted to your authentic self because you have not shown that to them or given them mm-hmm. an opportunity, 
right? Yeah. And this is where I think the really insidious piece of it is, is then even if they like you, even if it works and they all like you, you secretly know that they don't like the real you. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't even work. Like you don't even feel worthy, even if everybody's liking you. And I think yeah. this is what happens with celebrities when they die, when they kill themselves or they crash and burn mm-hmm. or whatever. I think what happens is yeah. they try to be this thing that pleases everyone. And then you please no one and you mm-hmm. don't even, you don't even know who you are. And now yeah. we have a collapse of the self. Totally. And I think that it's worth mentioning that the reason that we people please is because we want to experience some kind of worthiness but the way we go about it actually reinforces our unworthiness. Right, exactly. And this yeah. is and this is why this is why there's the mental health epidemic with social mm-hmm. media and all the stuff that's happening there. Yeah. Right? And and I think I think there's a there's a thing to remember, like a practical resourceful thought that we can have in our world which is that if the person in front of you does not like you the way that you and, and look, I'm not going to say the way that you are, okay? Because because you, we have our own shit that we're working on. Everybody has their our own, yeah. you know, call them flaws if you want. Yeah. But I, Insecurities. Know, I yeah, to, just shit that we're yeah. working on, you know? Like we're always yeah. standing on the, the shores of the ocean and looking at the horizon mm-hmm. and we're wanting to be a better version of ourselves. Yeah. So if, but if the person that you're on trajectory to become, we'll call it, and in this, I, I mean, you're like authentic self. Okay. Mm-hmm. If the person in front of you doesn't like your authentic self. Okay. Then think about this. There are 8 billion people on this planet. Do you think yeah. that some of them might like your authentic mm-hmm. self? Do you think that there are any people who might like the authentic version of you? Mm-hmm. Right, eight billion. The odds are pretty fucking good. There's all there's uh, there's all kinds of people who have weird ass fetishes. <laughs> like, yeah, an extreme example. Yeah, right. Right. So yeah. So might there be some people? And then if you're if you're not optimizing, and if you're not giving them the opportunity, because because what happens is it's like being our authentic selves. I like to think of it like a tuning fork or. You know, if you, if you ring a tuning fork and there are other tuning forks around that are tuned to that same tuning fork, they'll start to resonate. Mm-hmm. They'll start to like vibrate and hum. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think that is the essence of what it means to be your authentic self in the world is that like, as you're, as you're authentically being yourself out in the world, you'll be, you're like a tuning fork that's rung. Mm-hmm. And when you're around other tuning forks that are tuned to the same call them core values, call them, you know, sense of the way that the world wants to be like, what's important in the world. Yeah. It'll start to resonate and vibrate. And then what happens is we've now optimized for our authentic mm-hmm. self. And now we get to be surrounded by people who vibrate at a similar, similar frequency and there's no right frequency or wrong frequency to vibrate at. Right. Just different. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just different. There's just an aligned, like an authentic frequency or an inauthentic frequency. Right. Is it, is it who you actually feel like you want to be are being, or is it, you know, are you, are you masquerading? And then what kinds of tuning now imagine you're like, you're actually an A and you're an A tuning fork, you know, an A tone, and you're now vibrating at a C because the people around you, you think they want the C and now you're like vibrating for a C. And now all the people that are around you are these like C flavor tuning forks that are vibrating and you don't like your life and they don't like their life. <laughs> Nobody feels authentic <laughs> because not everybody's like kind of putting on the, you know, so is it working? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Is, is it working? 
Yeah. I love all of this discussion about the philosophy behind kind of just justifying letting go of people pleasing. I'm curious about what does it look like more tactically, strategically? Like how do people get away from this behavior? Well, yeah. I mean, the the easy, I mean, (laughs) the answer is both simple and complex. I mean, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm. Right. You know, more in a more complicated way, start to become aware of the thoughts that you're navigating your world via. Mm-hmm. Right. Notice, I mean, the first game to play in a, from a practical standpoint for transformation, any kind of transformation. I mean, the first one is, are you philosophic? Do you believe the thing that we're saying here? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you don't believe it, if you don't actually agree, if you're like, yeah, but secretly I don't, there really is a scarcity of people or whatever, like, and, and if that's your reality, then we won't take any action because yeah. you don't actually believe it. You're not bought into the philosophy in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first step is like, get yourself sold on even the philosophy, the idea behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. Then if you are assuming that you are sold, that we've made a very strong and compelling case for resonating at your actual frequency in the world. The next, the next game that we've got to play is noticing because your whole, all of your power is going to come from two things. You only have two, you only have a say in two things in the world, your thoughts and your actions. Okay. You only have a choice in your thoughts and your actions. That's the, that's all that you can be responsible for. That's all that you have power over are your thoughts and your actions. Now we can try to invite other people in the world to do other things, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with you on your thoughts and your actions. And so what we want to do is if you're bought into this philosophy and you want to stop people pleasing, you want to start living in your own authentic self, we're going to want to notice what is happening. We want to start paying attention to what's happening and catching it because you're, you're going to have, if you're like most people, you probably have these like kind of sort of deep seated habitual patterns of behavior, these ways of acting that happen subconsciously. Cause you mm-hmm. and by like way, autopilot. Yeah. You came by them. Honestly, you came by them. Cause you were, imagine your sweet little six-year-old self, just trying to be safe in the world and navigate the world and get parents or whoever to love you and doing it the best way you could. And they came up with their strategy to do that. Yeah. And now here you are at whatever age you are having kind of like baked that in, mm-hmm. right into your neural pathways. So we want to, we want to notice, we want to start to just notice what mm-hmm. thoughts we're having. Yeah. Or we're... noticing even just the behavior of, oh shit, I said yes. And I am actually not a yes on this. And so yeah. now just noticing that. Yeah. And I, and I just want to like say that happened in, in our head, that thing that mm-hmm. we just, step one, yeah. it's like noticing that we said a yes to something that we were not a yes to. Mm-hmm. Noticing it to ourselves first. And, mm-hmm. and keeping it nice and simple, we want to get in the practice of noticing. And which is also part of the larger complex thing, which is like noticing what you are a yes to. Like actually listening mm-hmm. to what you are a yes to in your world and getting curious. Like, am I yes to this? Like, and figuring out whatever your way is to check in on that. Like tarot cards or ask your intuition or your gut or do a pros and cons Mus- list. Or muscle whatever. testing. Yeah whatever, your way of, yeah. whatever your way of figuring out it is for yourself, but like to where you start to actually understand what your yeses are and your no's are. That's like the first step is to just listen to that. And then there are tactical behavioral things that we can do, but first we're going to want to know what our yeses are because it's going to get a lot easier to communicate with other people. Once we actually can articulate what's important to us and in any given situation. So when someone Mm -hmm. asks and says like, Hey, you know, 
like like our friend was inviting us to that concert and we were last night and we were like mm, we got we were kind of torn we we're like oh, i don't really want to go to the concert but he's asking he wants to go and there's gonna be some cool people there and you know but like mm-hmm. at the end of the day that wasn't a yes for us but but what was a yes for us was going out before the concert and having a little you know like having a bite and a drink or whatever and, and seeing the people because that was what mm-hmm. was really a yes for us but, it, but without being really clear on that for ourselves and actually mm-hmm. giving ourselves permission to be a no to that, we might not have come up with that other compromise. And worse, we might mm-hmm. have said yes, because he was he really wanted us to come. And that was really, yeah. and it's nice for that. But at the end of the yeah. day, like we've got to know what our yeses are. Yeah, totally. Communicate them. And then when when you can, you can say, uh, look, I, I really love it. I really love seeing you and I want to hang out with you. And I'm not really that interested in this band or in this concert experience for these reasons, then it becomes hard for him to not want, if, if he cares about us and he actually loves us and then it, it's hard for him to not say, yeah, you know what? You do you like, I, I wish mm-hmm. you were there, but I get it. I, you know? Yeah. And it's okay for him to be a little disappointed because there'll be more times for us to spend a t- time together doing things that we both love together right. in a win-win. And we got to hang out anyway. And I don't think that he had any disappointment about any of yeah, that totally. at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And so that's the other thing is like to, to, part of, I think the practical skill of this is believing that other people can make do on their own, that other people can mm. be responsible for their own satisfaction in the world and happiness. I'm so glad that you said that because I have radical responsibility in like personal responsibility in my notes. That is really just trusting that other people are okay to make decisions and experience disappointments and have not so uncomfortable experiences and still be okay. Like they'll be fine. You have, you personally have uncomfortable experiences all the time and you're fine. So why shouldn't they also be able to just take care of themselves and it'll be fine. And if it's not, you have a repair conversation. And if that's not accessible, then maybe that's just not the flavor of human that you choose to spend most of your time with. Exactly. Because remember, there's 8 billion people. So, so there's an opportunity cost. Every time you're spending time with somebody who is not in values alignment with you. And look, there are varying degrees of this. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not talking about the toxic people cutting out, you know, I don't, like whatever. Yeah, no, I get no, all yeah. that. I get where that's coming mm-hmm. from. But I just literally mean like if you're in a place where somebody is like resonating at a B vibration and you're a C vibration person, then you're not going to be all the way in alignment. And there's going to be like, there's going to be like mm-hmm. tension. And yeah. unless that's the experience that you love and you're like, yay, today, how can I experience <laughs> that kind of tension? <laughs> right. Yeah. And maybe we can go find that yeah. there's an opportunity cost to just being around totally. that person because you're then not around somebody else who you might vibrate with. Yeah. Which is not to say that sometimes it's not fun to interact with people that aren't at the same vibration as you and you can kind of get new ideas or perspectives or your own viewpoints kind of pushed up against. And I think there's value in that, but it's not, at least for me, it's not always that fun to spend most of my time where people see the world differently than I do. It's really fun and easy to, you know, like you and I, we have a lot of values alignment and it's super fun to hang out. There's not a lot of resistance. Yeah. And and there's not a lot of tension. And, you Mm -hmm. know, people will say, yeah, but, oh, but you want that. You want diversity of experiences and energy. And and by by all means, maybe you do. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. there's a right or wrong way to think about this. Right. And, and again, like you, you mentioned earlier, fight me on it, like argue with me about it. Cause I, <laughs> I want that. I, that is an experience that I really like. And in order for me to have that experience, I want to be with people who we don't always see eye to eye because yeah. I enjoy the game of that sort of, yeah. you might call it conflict. I don't think of it yeah. as, I think of it as like a philosophical debate, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. 
I wish that more people would see it that way too, because sometimes I see you engaging with somebody and I know on my insides that you're having a debate and you're having fun. Like you're trying on different ideas and pushing up against them and playing like this logic intellectual yeah, game. And sometimes the person you're talking with, I can see that they're like getting a little upset because they're not playing that same game with you. Like their rules are like, oh, you don't say those kinds of things because that's conflict and conflict is bad. And yeah, yeah, totally. It's... Which, by the way, this brings up another point. Every person isn't isn't aligned on every point. Like the whole mm-hmm. thing is, we're all individual human beings, and I like to think of like our we have like a sphere of values, almost as like Venn diagrams, right? And mm-hmm. you can have a Venn diagram with somebody else that only adjacently touches. And mm-hmm. still, if you all are interacting in that way, you might have a really meaningful, enjoyable experience together. And then there's like my wife who we have like a a really significant overlap of our, not all, but a very significant overlap of our Venn diagrams. I don't think anybody has all. I think that's literally what it means Mm -hmm. to be a human and have DNA is that you have Mm -hmm. your own sphere and your, your sphere is completely 100% unique to you. And we can have more or less overlap with people. And, and the more we're overlapping with people, the more, uh, the easier it is to be around that sort of thing. That's all we're really talking about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. So give people the opportunity to see the real you so that the people that resonate with you can resonate with you. I think that is like Mm -hmm. my core message from this, from this podcast is, um, yeah. Is let people see you and then, you know, don't worry about it if people don't like you because, you know, you don't like everybody. Right? <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. I yeah. people that you like. No, I mean, no, you don't like everybody. I, I promise if you're listening to these words right now, you don't like everybody. You are a human being. Yeah. And if you're really honest, you don't like everybody. You might say that you love everybody and whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> but you, I promise you, you do not like everyone on the planet. All, all the same. And you might find that you can like parts and pieces. And that's what I'm saying. But um, anyway, so give show up as your authentic self. Cause that's the best way to like ring your bell and find that you start to just like fill your world up with people who are more mm-hmm. resonant. Cause that's the thing is like people who are values aligned tend to hang out with people who are values aligned. And so we like have these clusterings mm-hmm. of values that I think are really cool. Yeah. I think that yeah. my core message from this episode is really around allowing other people to contribute to your reality. Like just ask as much as it's delightful for you to exhibit kindness, allow other people to have that for you too. Totally. Absolutely. And then on another podcast, we might talk about tactically how to communicate these things. Uh, But for now, Mm. I think this one has been a really great philosophical conversation. So thanks for playing with me, Paigey. Thanks. Live your freedom and love your life. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it The Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, the Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. 
If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.